Welcome to the Top 10% Podcast. I am not your typical host. Dan Carter, your host, is hunting down in Tennessee, hanging out with his pops, doing a knife show, and um, all that stuff. So I am Scott Hunter, tribal, filling in. And this week, we're going to get a hold of the Drake. The Drake is a former client, now friend, and talk about... About some of his adventures and his giant 176 in Michigan that he shot last year and talk about some other great things he's got going on and his habitat and all that good stuff. So we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Let's get at it. <laughs> Bro, I just shot T-Bar. Oh my god. Who is that tall? This episode of the Top 10% Podcast is brought to you by Top 10% Hunting Headquarters, located in Coldwater, Michigan, your premier AR manufacturing outlet. Let's get back to your host, Dan Carter, of the Top 10% Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I got my good friend, former client, now friend, team member, The Drake, Kevin Marcellus. The Drake. Marcellus is the part of where he's at. Um, that's how it reads in my phone. But it's the big guy, the Drake, Kevin Drake. And um, how you doing, man? Good. Good, good. I want, uh, why don't you give a breakdown and tell everybody who you are. Um, um, talk about that wild child of yours and, you know, and tell I everybody just, what you got going on. I got a... I have a journeyman lineman. I've been journeyman lineman for almost 20 years. Uh, worked for the IBW. Um, it feeds my passion for hunting. Uh, all my expenses. Um, I have a nine-year-old son that is, is, he's expensive too, I and mean, he, he feeds he feeds the same passion I do. So I almost have to give his deer before I can go after mine. Um, it's probably what five years ago. That uh, we, I had Scott come out and uh, go through our property, talk talk about it, come up with a game plan, um, see about land management, what I could possibly do to improve my ground that I have. I don't really have a whole lot. I have 17 acres that butts up to my in-laws, 40 acres. Um, it's uh, mostly surrounded by open farm fields. Um, prior to having Scott come out, I mean, I would hunt a week and not see a deer. I mean, there, there was hardly, there was no deer that stayed here at all. Um, in five years, you know, what Scott come out, we, he did his thing. We talked about it, uh, almost five years, almost to the date that, you know, I ended up harvesting my biggest buck of my life off my piece of ground that he set up. 
What was it? What was the exact measurements of that bug? And I'm going one seventy six and six eighths. Just a giant, points. great deer. Um, and then a day and a half later, my kid ended up he ended up shooting his very first archery crossbow buck. It was a ten point three and a half year old that went just shy of one twenty two. And it it well when we when we first started we talked about it could be a four to five year project to get to where it needed to be and a lot of hard passes and um man you guys followed the followed the game plan to a T and um man it paid off. So I'm gonna let you just let, why don't you just describe that hunt because I mean I've heard it. I've heard it. I heard the hunt on that on that on the big boy, um, but you know, why don't you share share that hunt a little bit? That that you know, you had trail cams and all that, and and, and get yeah. into that and tell everything about how that how that all put together on that um, one seventy six and six eights. It all like I said, I kind of started off. I wasn't really getting the the big gear on camera, and I went on hurricane. And I come back. I was gone a month, and I come back and. Also, I had hit camera, so I ended up going by some cell cameras, setting them out, and uh, he was by far the most daylighted buck that I've, to date, that I've had on camera. I mean, I probably had 150 pictures of them all in daylight. Uh, and still to this day, that's almost unheard of on any mature buck, let alone a year and a half old buck. Um, he lived here. I mean, he lived on this property, and he lived just 200 yards outside my door is where he bedded. Um, I was at work um, about 10 to 9. I got a cell cam camera go off, and it, it was him coming back in. And I kind of figured that he was only he was going to bed in one or two spots. So I ended up telling my boss that I'm going to, you know, I'm cutting out early. You know, I'm going to be my blind early and uh, hunt that deer. And uh, I got got home got in the blinder about three o'clock in the afternoon um we had set up a plan as far as the entrance and exits of getting in and out of the blinds there and it worked to a t um, we had corn standing, yeah we had sandy corn to, to cover my entrance coming in going in and out i said actually when i climbed in my blind i actually had a doe bedded less than 40 yards from my blind um by four o'clock, I had a dozen does around me, and by five o'clock, I seen him stand up out of his bed. He was less under fifty yards away, but it was just too thick for a shot at the point. And uh, I watched him for almost thirty minutes before he finally gave me the shot that I was needing to, to take him out. Um, it was a hunt of a lifetime. I mean, everything. I mean, I shot him probably within within yards of where Scott. Said I was going to kill a mature buck. Yeah, it just screamed. You had you had that natural alamolive in that island, and you had the perfect opportunity to, to exit and enter, and, and you got your farmer to help on rotating the crops. Everything came together on that piece, um, and it just you don't have to walk ten miles or, or three miles. It, this is this is this deer lived there, grew up there, died there. So I mean it 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 it's one of the most you know the only way it could have been better is if if you'd have hit the record button um Correct. and get it on film but you know not everybody's um could find that record button 
I am recording right now. Yeah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Drake, Drake, uh, buck of a lifetime, man. Again, congrats. I mean, it's um, buck, just his absolute buck of a lifetime. I know we're gonna probably use the picture of you with that deer for this podcast, and um, you know, it's just we've we've grown to know each other quite well. You've hunted Kansas. Iowa, Saskatchewan, um, you know, and then to come back home on property that that was designed and and you know and you put your your labor into it and you know to shoot your biggest buck of your life on it just it just screams example of of putting a good management plan together and man that's just what a story I mean you've been to Kansas how many years did you hunt Kansas um there. Um, I hunt several several years. I've hunted Kansas. I mean, I have friends out there that have thousands of acres to hunt on. Um, but like you know, we we've talked before. It's like you could be in Iowa, Kansas, Ohio. I mean, if you're not on the right piece of ground that's been managed, it's all for nothing. Still, it's luck of the draw. One without a, a game plan or management ground. Um. It means so much more to to build it to build it and then see your reek your rewards of you know harvesting your biggest buck of your life. I mean, also that same year last year, I also killed a twelve and a half year old buck that actually lived here um, for my second tag. I mean, it was and a kid got the three and a half year old. I mean, we had an extraordinary year off a small piece of ground. So you don't need thousands of acres to kill big bucks. It's, have a you know guy come out you know Scott come out and put a plan together, manage you know come up with a game plan, stick to it. Um, you build it, they'll come, and it's true. I like the part, the exit and entry that that has been the key to the success and um, and and like you said, stick it to the plan and and knowing that you could have the confidence to get in your stand without blowing them out or getting out of your stand without blowing them out. Hundred percent and. Man, oh man, we got we we got some stories on <laughs> on that in Ohio, but we won't go into that. Um, you know, not my doing. So, <laughs> right. No, like yeah, like I said, it's game plans everything. I mean, you don't need to hunt a lot of days as long as you guys are right set up. I mean, the big deer that you can't let them know they're they're being hunted, or they won't be there. Right, right. Now you've killed some big deer in Iowa, and you've killed some one fifties in Kansas. Yeah. Um, how would you relate Kansas, you know, style of hunting, and even Iowa style of hunting? You know, I personally, what I saw in Iowa, I because I went to Iowa. Um, it's it's really it's it's a lot different. You see a lot of deer. And with it, you know, I mean, and, and you get good cropland and everything, you'll see a lot of deer, but they funnel a lot. To me, I felt like they funnel and traveled a lot more different than they would in typical Michigan style. They they, they seem to run the crops a lot more and stay in the crops or the, you know, the ditches, the cut cornfields, bean fields. And then, you know, they're like they literally out there all day long. Something that I'm not I used think, to. 
Yeah, I think those deer are a lot more tolerant of human pressure versus Michigan, because Michigan deer, they don't tolerate any pressure, um, especially a mature buck. Personally, what I've seen hunting Kansas and Iowa and Saskatchewan, I mean, you can get away with a lot more in those states than you, versus you can in Michigan. Um, yeah, even, I'm, I'm starting to see it even in when we hunt Indiana and seeing some of the Indiana and even Ohio, the pressure is just, you just don't, them deer are holding a whole nother type of pattern. But I don't have a lot of, like, you know, I didn't, see, I've never been to Kansas. Um, and I only had the one trip to Iowa, saw a lot of deer, but I used, and that was a shotgun season well into it. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they run those cut cornfields and stay out there and they, they seem to, you know, get out there early. Instead of at last light, they're they're out there at two thirty, you know, instead yeah, of five thirty. I think they use the distance as a barrier for them. You know, they'd be two, three, four hundred yards out, and they feel comfortable to mill around in the middle of the day. Where here they don't, they're not willing to do that. No, so it's kind of like when you start, you know, when when we met, you were hunting Kansas a lot. And we couldn't relate Kansas back to your farm. Mm-hmm. I do remember that we couldn't we couldn't relate how Kansas transitioned. And uh, I mean, I couldn't really, you know, from what you're describing to me, and not being there in Kansas, I'm like, well, it's nothing. You know, we're not we're definitely not clearing out all this Alamalov. We're right. definitely not doing that. We're definitely not going to kill the cover. Um. And we came up with a strategy, and I think it was, um, I mean, if you go to these other states, I think you hit it right on the head. The pressure is not the same, and then you get a false impression of how, like, your area of your hometown, you know, animals behave and act, and um, it's just, you know, if you get a chance, you get, you got to hunt out, what, out out Kansas and Iowa. They're, they're great places to hunt. Um and, and even Saskatchewan, you shot a pretty good buck in Saskatchewan last year, right? Yeah, I shot a 152 10-pointer in Saskatchewan. Um, that's uh, It was a great hunt, very cold. It was 18 below zero when I shot him. Um, it seems like the deer up there tolerate human order more than they will here. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's. Uh, I got a story on that. It just goes. Uh, it just goes to show. Like I said, I, I've hunted all over the country trying to shoot big, big white tails, and I shoot the biggest one of my life right in my backyard. Um, well, that's a you know you had top ten percent out there. I mean, I got to pat myself on the back. <laughs> you, did, you did a phenomenal job. I mean, well, even I mean this year. I mean, I, I got like a one forty out here that I that I'm after now. Um, it's a four year old, um, but I've got. I probably got a dozen bucks over they're three years older in five years. I mean, or this be the sixth year of the property. Um, going coming from nothing to, to that is, you know, truly remarkable. Yeah, it's 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 I'm excited for you and and you got you guys got a great place to hunt, you and your son. We went to um Saskatchewan. I the only time I've ever been there was when Kyle was probably I think he was 15, 15 or 16. 
and it was a it was it was as worst conditions you could possibly come into. Um, the outfitter and his dad got in a huge fight. We had to stay in some uh, trapper's house um, instead of the. It was an Indian reserve we were supposed to hunt hunt on type of deal in Saskatchewan where they had designated Indian land, and the dad and son got in a fight, and the son went on his own. So we were on what they call federal land or Ontario yeah. land or whatever, the Canada land or whatever, how they do it. Um, right. But he had his own and was like, you had to drive on a snowmobile. I don't know. felt like 30 miles. It was probably like seven miles back into the timber. And, you know, they pour out food, alfalfa, alfalfa and all the stuff. Well, me and Kyle hunted together, and we get to this blind, and this blind is barely big enough for for me. Like it's it's as tiny as you could get, and you got a little heater in there. And I'm like, what in the what the fuck are we gonna do here? We get <laughs> huddled up in there, and I, we're, I mean, we're ass cheek to ass cheek sitting in there, and we got a video camera, a rifle, and you know, and we're sitting in there and. This joker ate all the snacks, all the food, and drank both thermoses of, of hot chocolate. <laughs> and it's about, I don't know, 11.30. And he says, man, I got I got pissed. I said, I'm not moving. And he says, well, what do you, what do you want me to do? I said, I'm just going to look my head to the left and hand him a jug. And I said, piss in the jug. Drake, this joker, man, he missed that jug, pissed right in the heater, and the worst <laughs> smell of your life is just reeking through there. I had to jump out of the blind. It stunk so bad, right? And then we had deer in and out of there all the time, and even deer at that point. I'm I'm opening the door, and this, this reeking smell of piss is just in the air, and he's laughing. Now he's in a full piss, so it's, it's going everywhere, and... I, I ain't kidding you, man. Them deer never blew. They they they, they could smell that urine. Mm. I mean, and I, you can't tell me they've never seen a person. They never did this. They never. They, they just weren't leaving that bait pile. And man, to this day, I'm like, man, remember that time we got in that little blind and you pissed all over and it stunk really bad. He's like, why you always bring that story up? I said, it's pretty <laughs> funny now. I can't wait for you to take your son there, and he pisses in the blind and gets all over you. <laughs> it's some good times, but it just definitely was different. Um, in Saskatchewan, it was definitely different. We we did both shoot deer, and they weren't the greatest of deer. They weren't huge or nothing. They were they were nice deer. Um, had a moose almost walk into the blind with me. I you know it sounded like. Three people walking up, and I'm sticking my head out and look out the back, and here's a moose walking right at me. I'm like, what the? No, no moose. Go the other way. And he walked like two feet from me, just staring at me. I'm like, man, what the hell is this? I'm not, how, how am I supposed to sit in this turtle shell and thinking moose are going to walk on me? But Saskatchewan and Michigan is a whole nother ball game. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, when you got you to take your son there, I hope you... Get stuck in a little blind. No. He's, he's got a few more years. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, Kyle was 14, 15, 15. 15, yeah. 
15 years old, and that, that, that dude ate everything, and then it says, I got to piss. I'm like, yeah, no shit. You drank and ate everything, and you're going to have to shit before we get, you know, time to leave out of here. Then what are we going to do? you going to have an icicle right. out your ass. But um, you you went to Africa recently. I, I want to change subject off whitetail because I want to give you an opportunity to talk about Drake broke his back. I got to add that part in. Broke his back. And would you were take you were on a toilet or something after storm duty and sneezed and rebroke your back or or something right before you went to Africa? Yeah, I had a rupture rupture in a desk and I had to have a disc. Yeah, uh, so you go to right. Africa with your hoy. <laughs> he he ruptured a disc, re-ruptured it. Taking a dump and sneezing. <laughs> Cooter's yeah. dying. Um so, and you still go to Africa, and yep. dude, well, where'd you shoot? Like a whole the whole arc with yeah, your bow? I ended up taking a, a Cape Buffalo, a forty-one inch Cape Buffalo, um, a Black Sable, uh, Gemsbach, Impala, Warthog, Blue Wildebeest. Um, it was a hunt of a lifetime. I mean, it was, I've always wanted, it was always on my bucket list to shoot a Cape Buffalo with my vertical bow and I lived it. Um, it was, uh, it was fun. With a broken back. With broke back and everything and, uh, harvesting, like I said, shooting big white tails with a bow and arrow, but I mean, that was probably the biggest hydraulic rush I ever had was staring face to face down with a Cape Buffalo with a bow and arrow at 30 yards. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I've never been able had an opportunity to do a hunt like that. Um, so, I mean, these linemen, you, you, you said something about storm duty. You went down to Florida. These linemen, these guys are crazy. This guy went to Africa with a ruptured disc from shitting and went down there and shot a dozen animals with his bow. Ain't, ain't, that ain't right. There's something wrong with you guys. <laughs> I think your wife would, would uh, add to that, too. Oh, I'm sure. So, to get back to that, explain to me the, the Cape Buffalo. It wasn't, you didn't stalk. You did stalk for a while, but you ended up shooting yours on a, on a water hole? I was on a water hole. It was, um, we were something hunting a water hole and, uh, it was a real tough hunt. The conditions were not favorable for the animals coming to the water hole. It was actually very cold over there. I mean, it was in the thirties in the mornings and it, it never got above sixties in the, in the evenings. I mean, in the daytime, it was extremely cold. Um, the animals weren't coming to the water holes. I mean, we put on, we, we said a lot of hours on, on, on water holes and stuff like to get shots. And it was uh, definitely not a easy hunt. And uh, the whole time we, I kept asking, cause I'm from Michigan. I'm not used to these snakes and don't want to mm-hmm. see them. And uh, I think the second day there, I, we ended up coming across a, a black mamba. Um, it was the last thing I wanted to see. Um, 
but it was uh now how how long was the 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 mama the black mama probably ten feet long oh no no oh. that you just ruined Africa for me it's uh they are supposedly they were saying so it's one of the world's fastest snakes they can travel like at thirteen miles an hour or something like that, and one of the deadliest. Yeah, with you broken back, what are you doing about a quarter uh, mile per hour? Yeah, I ain't get, I ain't getting away from him. Thankfully, he was he wasn't hungry. Um, it was, but all in all, it, it was it was I wouldn't change it for the world. It was it was an awesome hunt. It was a hunt of a lifetime. And did you did you you went with the outfitter? Um, do you want to yeah. share that outfitter's name, or are you kind of hiding them? Honestly, I can't even remember the helper's name off the top of my head, but I am planning on going back this year with them. Um, if, if somebody was interested in going or whatever. It was a pretty oh. pretty tremendous hunt. I saw all the pictures. If if you guys didn't see them, they're on our social media, on our Facebook, some of the some of the animals he uh pursued. So I would, you know, jump on, on that top ten Facebook page and, and check some of these animals out. It, it just it's super cool to see people that you know doing some of these, you know, exotic hunts and going to these places once in a lifetime trips and and doing the things. I mean, I I would have loved to have been there with you. We hunted together um, down in Illinois, and what yeah. we what, what's the name of that blind? The love shack. The what? <laughs> the love shack. No, it was not the love shack. <laughs> this son of a bitch gonna call it the love shack, and everyone were like, "You and Shrek um, up in the love shack, yeah. donkey and Shrek." Um, yeah, I was donkey. Um, yeah, what's the name of that blind? That that okay? So we Drake okay. built built a blind. It's called the. Um, it's sitting right here. What's the name of that blind out there? The Dream Hut. The Dream, Dream Shack. The Dream Shack, which is a, a redneck blind on an elevator on a scissor lift. It's right here at headquarters. Um, it's bolted on, and it's a scissor lift that you plug in, you level it out, and you, what, what does it go, 30 foot? 25 feet. 25 feet, okay. Drake's 300 pounds. I'm 265 and muscular. Um <laughs> Cooter's rolling his eyes. So we're down in Illinois shotgun season. And you got your bazooka with you. This muzzleloader <laughs> that shoots 500 yards. And we get out. And I remember that first time we get out there, we set this blind out a few days before. And we're going to cover a cornfield and the two swales on on a lease that, that we, you know, we actually had a little bit of time to manage. And, um, man, we got about that eight foot of them there, Aaron, that, that, that damn thing swayed a little bit. I was like, oh, no, we ain't going on no higher. He was like, oh, yeah, take it up a little <laughs> bit higher. He's a lineman, so he don't give a shit. Me, I'm like, no, nah, dude. So we raise it up just a little bit higher. We're up about 10 foot. And I could barely contain myself because this thing, it sways if you just shuffle your butt cheek left or right. <laughs> what do we see? The in, the first day, I don't know, 60 deer? That's a lot. And I mean, I've seen, what, 15 to 
third 25 bucks, something like that. I mean, there was bucks everywhere. Yeah, we had bucks everywhere. No shooters. And then we had a particular wide eight point that we were after or a banana <coughs> dick that we called the deer banana dick or the big, big wide eight or a couple other 10 points that were mature bucks. And what was the second night? Right before dark, I seen a eight point go through wide, but it's not the wide eight. Out there, like four hundred and eighty yards, Drake's like, "That's him." I said, "That ain't him. Don't shoot him." And he's like, "I could hit him from here," and I'm like, "It's not him. Don't shoot him." So he didn't shoot him. Long story short, we we're up there arguing in the 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 dream shack, and I'm like, "It ain't him. I know it ain't him." You know, it was a smaller deer, and we confirmed it because I was videoing, and we got to be able to see the video it was not that deer. And what did we hunt? We probably saw 40, 50 deer second night, and it was the final night. Had that beautiful, um, what did he end up being, a, a, a 163.10? 12. 12. Yeah. Oh, he had split brows, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, that deer came all the way across the field, and he's like... And we were, that day, we did go up a little higher. There was no wind. And I just remember that deer came, and I said, as soon as he clears over and gets off, comes up by that, it's a shooter buck. And I don't know what that gun was, but Cooter, you had to be there. He shot this deer, and I'm filming, and this deer, it looked like butter. Like hot butter just melted to the ground. I'm like, what the hell did you shoot that deer with? What, 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 explain that muzzle loader. I mean, the whole, this deer guy, it, it, it just, and then you'll see it in another video. Kyle borrowed the gun and shot a giant eight point down in Ohio with it. And it, 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 it gutted it. What is that uh, muzzle loader? It's, uh, it's built by Arrowhead Muzzle Loaders out of Arizona. Um, it shoots a 300 grain bullet, smokeless muzzle loader. It shoots a 300 grain bullet at 2,800 feet per second, and it shoots lights out. I mean, it's it's a tack driver. Cooter, he shot this thing, and it 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 just liquidated, and it was it was liquid in the town to the ground, like he shot it with a, a laser beam. And I just was like, "What the fuck?" And <laughs> yeah. it's like he's down right there, and I'm like. Yeah, I think he's gone. <laughs> they evaporated him. That was that was a that was a great deer. So we've had some good memories out there and, and going out and, and doing some of these hunts together and I look forward to doing some more. Um Absolutely. So and I'm excited for you and your son and your family on your farm and you doing due diligence out there and, and, and keep putting the time in there and everything else. I'm excited for you guys with that and Got a huge crop of three-year-olds. It's some that you'll probably let get to five because they got the look getting back yeah. up to that Boone and Crockett range. It's, so, been, uh, it's going to be a good year. Yeah, it should be a good year. They, that did, I did see that there was a new storm, another hurricane brewing in the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. so, I mean, you might have a rut hurricane. You might have to put a veto to that one, huh? Yeah, I don't know. This old junior has to take and fill my spot. My <laughs> Drake, Drake don't miss hurricane money. No, Drake yeah. don't miss hurricane yeah. money. So Gotta make the money. 
Yeah, I appreciate, you know, and a lot of people appreciate what you guys, you linemen do. When you go in and do these storms, you know, we, uh, no, no kidding aside, I want to put that down. You know, we worry about you guys going out there. You know, at one time we were together and you had your crew out there and one of, one of the guys got killed on, the, not your guys, but somebody on that lineman crew got killed. And, um, you know, when you go in them storm duties like that, you guys are risking life and limb and, well, that Florida one, you said that was one of the most oppressive um, from a state, from putting the guys together. I mean, do you think that was yeah. one of the best well-put plans to get together? And that was Ian, right? Yeah, Ian, uh, this year, like I said, I mean, the state of Florida, they're, they're prepared for this one. Like I said, they had 42,000 linemen there stage ready to go. Um, I think we put on – like almost two and a half million people in inside of ten days. Um, they were they're prepared for sure. And 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 that's what a what was that governor Republican? Yep. Just 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 throwing that out there. <laughs> oh, De, DeSantis, he had a game plan together. I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up. That's that's you know he kept his. They kept their their linemen and all their cleanup crews very very safe and out of harm's way, and then came in and put executed a plan. So I mean, appreciate you guys going out there and doing that each and every year. I know they pay you well, and all kidding aside, though, you are leading your crews into some areas that are absolute disasters. And hundred um, percent, you got to keep yourself safe and um, available to your family. So I'm glad each every time you get back from one of those, you know, it makes me worry. I don't like, you know, thinking, well, my buddy's down in Florida and there's no power and there's no, you know what I mean? So, appreciate that. Mr. Humble, he ain't saying nothing. No. He's still, he's still there? Yeah. <laughs> Jake's like, oh, just part of the day. Yeah, just the job. Just the job. Well, Drake, I wanted to keep it simple. I told you I'd keep it simple. Um, I appreciate you giving your time, and um, I appreciate the good words about the Habitat plan that we put together um, and the success. I mean, that truly comes back to you guys, though, and believing in it and um, following up on it and staying on it and staying the course. And um, hats off to you, and I'm, I'm excited to see what, this year brings for you and your family and um i'll get you i'll let you get back i know you got a busy day at work tomorrow and i kind of got you in last minute so what is what is a goal before i let you go what is a goal for this year for for deer season you got any set goals um i'm I want, I'm four, I want to shoot a four-and-a-half-year-old or older here on my property. Um, I like to see my, get my wife her first buck. Um, juniors can wait. He's, he's, he's done killed quite a few already at age nine. And uh, I also got Saskatchewan to look forward to, so I'm going back there. So I'm hoping to shoot a, a booner up there is what I'm hoping, a dark chocolate booner. Dark chocolate rag. That's what you're going to see. They get the, um, they're out there in the, the old pine forest, and every dog, every buck we saw had a, a dark chocolate rack. 
Um, we got two yep. of them, two of them hanging on the wall here from Saskatchewan, and um, I don't see myself going back there anytime soon, though. <laughs> well, they lifted the mandate now. You ain't gotta have the vaccination. Yeah. What about if you do have it? And I don't, I don't know. That's a whole nother podcast and political views of Canada. <laughs> Trudell could kiss my ass. Oh, that non-gun loving son of a bitch. Um, you know, they did lift the mandate. That's cool. But I got some family over in Windsor. I'd love to get, you know, get to see them. But, you know, right now I'm a, I'm a boycott on, I'm putting any money into their area. They're not, I'm not. I'm not a believer in their their leader's views, so right. Hey, I don't see an AR as a. Well, we're not chase that rabbit hole either. But if you do need an <laughs> AR, we could build you a fine custom one right here at Top Ten Percent Hunting Headquarters. I think you um can attest to that, huh? Yeah, my son can attest to that for sure. He's got a three fifty legend. You guys have built for him. Um, it shoots lights out. Um, he just he was hoping to put it to use this use season, but uh, the weather didn't cooperate with him. I got to hit ninety degree mark there, and all the, the bigger bucks they just they disappeared before the got daylight. Yeah, it was a rough, very rough use season, that's for sure. A lot of a lot of guys didn't get a lot of young guys, gals didn't get no deer. We didn't even bother to get Abby out. Um, so. It just the weather wasn't wasn't right, and she's already killed her little the her little buck. So she's her standards got to come up a little bit to run with her brother. So unfortunately, she hangs with family that 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 want to shoot mature deer. So I'm the meanie that's gonna not let her have her choice. It's not her hunt. I pay for the tag. She could have her hunt when she could buy her own. <laughs> Cooter's rolling his eyes at me. Good Lord. <laughs> she wouldn't have it any other way, Cooter. I had to force her to shoot a little deer last year just to get it get it out of her way. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Drake, I'm going to let you get back to your family. Um, I appreciate your time. And again... Um, if you get a chance, check out some of the stuff Kevin went down to Africa and got, and the tremendous buck in Michigan is, is you know, shoot a booner in Michigan. I'm I'm pretty proud of you, and I'm proud of the top ten percent program. Uh, we've had several booners shot through our program. This one's a little bit, you know, a little bit more special um, to the fact that we've developed a relationship and become good friends. So, tell everybody I said hi and um, and and be safe. And if you get called on any more storm duty, um, be safe. All right, I appreciate and thank you for everything you've done for me. Uh, it's been top ten percent. It's been top notch with me and my family. Um, that's why I thank thank you for everything you guys have done. All right, Drake. You have a great night. Yeah. Bye.